for the week of May 19th, 2019. This is Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into all things Star Wars TV, as well as the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. This week, we're looking at Season 1, Episode 3 of The Clone Wars and the second part of the Season 1 premiere of Rebels. To help me tackle this is John. John, how are you doing? Good, because this week we get to bring all of our initial story threads to a conclusion, right? These are the two climax episodes of both series um, that help to paint a picture of how well these animated uh, fair can do story arcs. And I think that's kind of what's exciting about watching them side by side like we're going to do tonight. Well, let's get right into the Clone Wars, shall we? Let's do it. So last week, we were introduced to this secret weapon that the Separatists had called the Malevolence. And this thing was huge and big and did a whole lot of damage. And so in Season 1, Episode 3, we got Shadow of the Malevolence. And this episode was written by Stephen Melking and Brian O'Connell. And in this episode... By the command of Count Dooku, General Grievous launches a mission to destroy an unarmed medical station in order to prevent the Republic from getting their troops the medical attention they need. Oh, those dastardly dark side folk. They're definitely not Canadians. (laughs) (laughs) So once again, I mean, I I talked about it last week, but I keep coming back to this foreshadowing. The Jedi (laughs) care way too much about these clone troopers. Well, how could they have known? How could they have known? <laughs> They're dealing with a Sith Lord. They're going to get double cross. Don't blame the clones. Like they well, were just programmed. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just so heart wrenching because they're pointing out to the Jedi we're expendable. Like yeah. this is supposed to happen to us. That's why we were created. Right, we don't even and, value our lives as much as you value our lives. And Dooku's like, we're going to exploit that. And it's just like, ah, uh, but we get introduced to a couple of squadrons here. Um, so we get introduced to the wolf pack. Yep. Um, and yeah, what can you say about the wolf pack? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm wondering like, as we go through these, uh, rewatches, like how much time we want to spend kind of talking about where things are going to go or whether we just kind of want to live in the context of this episode. And if we're just talking about this episode, uh, in specific, they're just kind of all heart and, uh, you know, loyal to a fault and just ready to, to go and, and get the job done. That's, that's kind of the sense that, that I get is, uh, these are the guys you call when you just kind of need no nonsense, uh, get the job done kind of troopers. Yeah. And I love that their, that their symbol is a wolf because, you know, that's a pretty strong symbol and everything that happens in star Wars is done on purpose. (laughs) So, uh, so I think that this is, that this is cool that, that they're doing this. And then we also have, uh, the, the Anakin squadron that we see some more of. Uh Um, yeah. So first off I count Dooku, like I just, I hated him in, in, uh, episode two and I hate, and I loved seeing his hands and head chopped off in episode three, call me a sadist or whatever. You're a weird little but, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I even hate him even more in these past two episodes and he's not even really in it. Sure. It just, man, they do such a good job at just showing just how mean and evil and terrible this guy is. Sure. There's a lot of characters that we meet in the movies that either the movies didn't really do justice to them. Like it, it didn't, the time that it had with the characters doesn't 
express their true nature very well. I feel like Anakin might be an example of that. There's a lot in the movies where um, maybe there's some missed opportunities with Anakin's dialogue or just, you know, how they, how they set him up in the movies. Um, But the clone wars is able to rehabilitate a lot of that because you can take the time to explore these characters and Dooku's no different. You do get a sense of his arrogance, like his back and forth with Yoda a couple episodes back. You, you kind of hear some of that coming through and uh, yeah, you, you just, you, you get a sense of uh, his cunning and his willingness to um, uh, yeah, just kind of brutally forge ahead. There's, there's no moral qualms with, with this guy. And yeah, we, we get to see a lot more of that on display and we get to see just like like we've already talked about just how bad grievous is and of course he's a foreshadowing of a coming character known as anakin skywalker who's going to be vader in the sense that he's droid living being um and i mean this this does a lot because one they're they're basically attacking switzerland like they're attacking a medical base (laughs) yeah they're well they're they're breaking like Star Wars Geneva Convention, right? Right. Like, the, these are not combatants. This is not the battlefront. Uh, there's certain things that are supposed to be off limits, but not when you're callous and brutal like Grievous and Dooku are. Yeah, and, and Dooku has this mindset of, yeah, we're just going to destroy that because then they won't have anywhere to take their injured clone troopers mm-hmm. and and then the Jedi is going to be distracted because he's he's playing into this thing where he's exploiting their care for the clone troopers. And so now the Jedi are going to be you know, sucked up in this conflict, if they do destroy the space, sucked up in this thing of, okay, we need to make sure that we keep them as live as possible, like as long as possible, so that they don't die in our arms. We need to try to save them, and then that distracts them from something else, and then Grievous can go and destroy whatever the hell he wants after that. Right. And it's just, uh, man, like, (laughs) I love that this goes deep into the war that is known as the clone wars because we don't get that in the series because sure. we talked about it that this that the saga is the skywalker saga and not necessarily about the clone wars uh but this this does a great job at like giving us the star wars sure since resistance is the show that we've been focusing on most recently and that show because it caters to a younger audience has to be very careful in mm-hmm. any violence or you know depictions of death that you know it, it it allows into its narrative because it has to walk such a fine line watching the clone wars now in episodes like this where it is some some battle or you know some uh aspect of the war coming to a head it's really interesting to see just how um comfortable they are in, in uh you know knocking people off uh and you even sometimes see the laser bolts land or you know you see someone get blown out into space and there's a, a real sense of yeah, the it's weightier the way that they presented in in these series. So yeah, the the war fair in these episodes, it really hits a lot harder than what we would see in something like Resistance. So uh, I can totally agree with you. This this does kind of it, it it it's a little bit more engrossing and it does impact you more because they they do show some of you know the the more callous and just yeah evil dark things that happen during war. Yeah, and and this is even this is uber low like attacking a hospital sure. that's something you don't do yeah you see all the the wounded uh clone troopers <laughs> like fetuses in their back to tanks and you're like oh yep. they're defenseless they- <laughs> <laughs> and, and grievous is just on his way over there to just blow them up yep yep uh and yeah i just i really do love this theme that we're getting here and what makes this so fun rewatching because i don't think I, the first time i watched this i was watching it through that type of lens i don't know um how much i enjoyed it the first time but this time through 
I am really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So what, it, what else does this episode do well for you? I think the most potent thematic element to this is Anakin um, getting so caught up in wanting victory and just wanting mm-hmm. to achieve his goal that he gets myopic and he starts forgetting about his squadron and the lives that are on the line. And so he needs a little bit of a reality check from Ahsoka to, you know, uh, think outside the box and, and figure out a way towards victory that isn't going to result in calamity for his troopers. Um, so I think that they did a good job of presenting that, um, without beating you over the head with it, you know, like Anakin's not like obnoxiously driving towards the goal, but you, you do see, you know, the casualties falling beside him and that's totally reasonable in war for a a general or commander of a squadron to to drive forward if he feels like it's that important, but it's a, it's smarter storytelling, a little more nuanced Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, figure out plan B. Uh, And I just think that that's kind of neat that they went that way rather than just the simple, okay, well, we, we got to the bridge, we blew it up, the ship's going down and that's the end of the story. They were able to, you know, have a bit more there, uh, for the audience to invest in. And at least in this episode, we get the idea that he doesn't value the clone troopers' lives as much as, you know, Yoda or Plo Koon. Right. And it may be foreshadowing of, oh, well, he's, you know, he doesn't get blown up in his ship or get tried to get shot when on a mission in, you know, Kashyyyk. He's right. just kind of leading them. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's great stuff. Great stuff. On these last couple episodes, they've done a good job of showing how there's little tiny cracks in Anakin's morality that are mm-hmm. waiting to be exploited. They're all fun right now because they seem to, you know, help the cause and everybody can kind of get behind, uh, you know, a warrior who actually is victorious, even if he, you know, uh, maybe plays a little fast and loose to, to get the victory. So right now, even though they're telegraphing that Anakin is not quite the virtuous moral hero of his Jedi peers, um, they aren't showing the the calamity that that leads to, but they are setting the table very nicely if you're willing to pick up on it. And you're right. We see that in how his thinking is a little bit more like Grievous and Dooku that, you know what, whatever, these are expendable, you know, this is war. Whereas the other Jedi have been very vocal about, you know, we go down with the ship, you know, I go down with my troopers kind of thing. So yeah, nice little contrast there. And I wonder if anything would have been different if Ahsoka was with Anakin in episode three, because she's the one that kind of sees those cracks and says, Hey master, you know, this is what we got to do. And you know, just kind of makes you sad as what could have (laughs) been. Sure. Uh, yeah. But the nice thing is because Ahsoka is out there in the star Wars universe somewhere, you know, we don't have any finality to her storyline. She might pop up some more, you know, as, as, uh, more material and, and properties come out from Lucasfilm. So, uh, yeah, if she had been in revenge of the Sith, that might've been the end of her storyline. So I'm kind of glad yeah, that we sidestepped. That's that. true. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And <laughs> I appreciate that as well because I love this character. Yeah. A lot uh, of fun. And you know what else I love? Let me guess. Yeah. Guess, <laughs> uh, star Wars rebels. Are you enjoying star Wars TV talk? Well, what if I told you that you can get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know, it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast, you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then, you turn that PodCoin in 
for gift cards to places like Starbucks or Amazon. Or if you're a good person, you could even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android. And I have a special code just for you. Simply use our code Star Wars TV, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on here, you basically get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us, which is pretty legit. So go ahead, go and listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code Star Wars TV. And here's the other thing. PodCoin has given me, a podcast listener, even more joy in listening to podcasts because I get paid to do it. I do love Star Wars Rebels. And this second part of the Star Wars Rebels premiere spark of the rebellion, it just gets, it keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm loving it. And this episode was written once again by, uh, Simon Kimberg and Steven and Stuart Lee. And in the second part of this episode, Ezra Bridger and the crew of the ghosts go on a mission to help a group of Wookiees because we all love Wookiees (laughs) who have been taken prisoner of the empire on an Imperial star destroyer. Yeah. They got lumpy and they got itchy and they got Mala. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, we need to have lumpy again. I think he needs a, well, in my head canon, that, that little guy, the little guy in the cuffs, uh, yeah, that's, that's him. lumpy. That's my lumpy. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I think we need, I think itchy needs a redemption. Um, yeah. he needs, he needs to be in the Mandalorian. I don't know if that particular Wookiee <laughs> can be redeemed. He's a little creepy, a little uncle creepy. Uh, uh, uh but anyways, Star Wars rebels. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you got? Throw one at me. So first this crew, they're doing the right thing. They're going up there. They're helping this whole thing out. Sure. Um, and they fall into a trap mm-hmm. and we get some character development from Ezra. How does he respond in this situation? You know, Ezra initially is hesitant to do the right thing, but deep down inside, there's a hero there that has Mm -hmm. to act. Yep. And he goes out, he helps this group. And I thought it was really cool just to kind of see, because this is the, this is when Kanan really starts thinking like, I don't like this kid right now, but he might be likable. Sure. Well, even in the first episode, Kanan and Ezra had a little bit of a force connection, right? They were in the same right. area. They could sense that there was some other force, uh, sensitive individual. So Kanan obviously knows that this is a boy of interest and he's just kind of playing it cool, right? He hasn't yeah. been particularly cold towards the boy. Um, but you know, he's in the midst of mm-hmm. missions and you need an, I got a job to do. So, uh, he can't just be doting on Ezra yeah. <laughs> all the time, but yeah, it, it doesn't take long for him to recognize throughout this episode that, yeah, this kid, uh, I'm going to have to keep this one close. He's, he's got potential. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a real value here for the, the burgeoning rebellion. Well, and one of the things that I was thinking about is we see Kanan, you know, he, we get this idea that he's kind of running from. The, not necessarily as extreme as uh, Luke was running from the force, but he's kind of, you know, it, it brings back some bad memories. There's some bad blood in there because he's a survivor and not sure. many people are survivors. And so I wonder how much of that connection at up to this point is maybe not so much him playing cool, but maybe him like, I don't really want to reopen this wound kid. And this is all speculation. But that was, that crossed my mind. Sure. But we also got to remember the time frame that we're living in here, right? We're, we're mm-hmm. knee deep in the empire's reign. Jedi are persona non grata. He's, he's a hunted man. Right. So it, it's not even like, even though 
he's intentionally not using his Jedi powers or, or mm-hmm. telegraphing that, you know, he's a Jedi or was right. a Padawan, I guess would be more accurate. Um, he's not doing it in the same way that Luke was because, you know, he was just crushed. Sure. He went through right. some, you know, serious tragedy in order 66. Um, but it's out of necessity. This is a survival thing for him. And we obviously learn in this episode that when it comes right down to it, if the situation calls for it, he's not going to turn his back on doing what's right or using his Jedi abilities, you know, when called for. So I don't, I don't see him quite the same as Luke and how Luke shut himself off from the force. I feel like this guy is just, he, he just has to, you know, play it very cool and, you know, uh, just, yeah, keep a low profile. I think that's really his game right now. Yeah, I think, I think that might be right. And we see just that connection, no matter what, we see that connection start developing more. We see that Ezra is becoming a part of this crew. Right. And before he was just like, yeah, I'm just kind of here for the ride. Like, I, I don't really want to be here. You <laughs> you locked me in a box. Like, I'm, I'm here because partially you forced me to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next thing that this episode does, which is really cool, is it gives us the on-screen debut of Kessel. Right. Yeah, which is kind of fun now that Solo's come out to go back and right. rewatch. Because, yeah, they had most of it tacked down. Now, Solo mm-hmm. would have obviously pulled from the art and you know the backstory that was already generated for Kessel in this series but yeah very cool because they got it all right Wookiees in captivity uh Kessel is kind of the the dank uh sepia-toned wasteland that that we see in Solo so yeah that's kind of a cool little crossover that all syncs up you know it all works for the the larger storyline and I mean I don't know of any show or any movie or any just property that connects connects what they're doing on you know the silver screen to what they're doing on the small screen and this you know looking at it from this side of solo it's like oh yeah like there's definitely um a connection there right and this is definitely in the same world and it's definitely um it's all great so yeah i i love that uh we see what is actually on this holocron which Mm -hmm. is kind of heartbreaking also kind of cool um that kanan has has kept this this holocron which is obi-wan telling the Jedi to stay away from the temple, but is also giving them hope. And that's what we didn't see in episode three, which is cool that we get this in, um, in rebels because we didn't know how he ended that. Right. And now we, we see it, which is really neat. Yeah. A little heart rending. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Oh, the Obi-Wan performance in this was, was really, really on point. Like he did get a yeah. sense of dread in his voice and just, yeah, the, the sadness, the, the loss of his, you know, beloved, temple i yeah it's it's all there it was a a pretty potent scene when they let it play in its entirety Mm -hmm. um we see that kanan is taking up uh his lightsaber again if you will and Mm -hmm. is basically you know the 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 hand on ezra's shoulder is like all right kid we're gonna do this together like we'll make it through this and um i'm gonna help teach you the ways that i know of Mm -hmm. um and then we get another look at the inquisitor yes briefly brief once again brief because we don't actually see him until we're two weeks away before we actually see him do some crazy stuff right uh but what do you think so far of the inquisitor well he's got sith eyes so he's bad (laughs) yeah i like how they revealed that i really enjoyed how they did that where you know you kind of see a side view of him in the holocron and then whenever you see him face on he's right he's he's got the sith eyes uh yeah no like I said, uh, last episode rebels is the 
best Star Wars remix you will ever see. And the Inquisitor is our uh, menace in the shadows. He's our Darth Maul kind of thing at this point. Um, the less we know about him, the cooler he is. Right. <laughs> so he's that character. Um, yeah. So it's all there. He's a, he's a, a refreshing underling to help flesh out the series excited to yeah. see where it goes <laughs> i am super excited because i i remember the next episode really well that he's in after that i have holes in my memory of the mm. inquisitor and so i just i'm once again wanting to find out how much vader is involved what all vader's having him doing uh and all that type of stuff because this is neat this character is so interesting um i dare i say that i am slightly more interested in him than the rest of the crew, not necessarily because I don't like the rest of the crew, but because there, once again, I have this, this mystery surrounding this character because sure. I don't remember a lot about him. Yeah. Yeah. That's the nice thing about having a little bit of distance from your last watch. The, the individual episodes blur. So you can be surprised every now and again. Uh, I'm getting a lot of that on clone wars. Um, but yeah, there'll be a little bit of that as we, we go through rebels as well. Uh, man, these are fun cartoons. I, I think it's probably not doing them justice to call them cartoons. I'm sure there's some listeners out there that are just cursing my name for using that term, but these are, uh, these are fun animated <laughs> features. Yeah. And I love, um, is it, what is the, the stormtrooper, the, the lead, uh, is it, is it callous? Yeah. Callus. Yeah. The, the main hunter, the, yeah. Yeah. The top underling. I love that, that they, Gave him a very 1970s mm-hmm. beer job. Sure. He's got um, a callback yeah. to what's going on. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I want to say, and I could be totally wrong on this, and I should have done my research before, uh, but Jason Isaacs is the one who voices the Inquisitor, and he plays um, Lucius Malfoy in the, in the Harry Potter series. Okay. And so his voice is just a presence itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star Wars does villains well. You know, they, they can create a presence with them. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we're going to get a lot more of that. I just, uh, last episode, I, I ended up trampling <laughs> yeah. the next one. So I'm trying to, you know, just not get ahead yeah. of myself here. Well, next week we get more into Star Wars Rebels. We're getting into the, the shorter, we're through the premiere. We're, we're now running into this whole thing. Right. And I'm excited to see what's happening with this Inquisitor guy. <laughs> yep. Wonder how that's going to play out. I uh, do too. And I hope our <laughs> listeners are into it. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of time to cover before Mandalorian and episode nine. So uh, we're going to be watching a few more of these. That is for sure. This is great. I'm so excited. And thank you, John, for joining us on this journey. You're very welcome. Uh, catch you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Are the people going to die? Please leave us a review on iTunes. For every 10, we give away some awesome Star Wars merchandise. And you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Star Wars TV Talk. You can also check out our website, www.StarWarsTVTalk.com. And a special thanks to Lade Wogan for this intro and outro music. You can follow him on SoundCloud.com slash Lade Wogan. Thanks for listening. And remember, the Force will be with you. Always.